podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show, Edrush on ESPN in association with Bet Fred Nat Coombs, producer all in the house. Let's start with some controversial news, Ollie, that as recently as this morning, Iron Mike Carlson, legendary NFL UK broadcaster, of course, a regular on the show, compared you to, to what or who this very morning? Yeah, so woke up on a Thursday morning um, and the exact message that I received was, have you watched Made in Chelsea, Ollie? Uh, because I was watching, I saw a clip on social media, which is a complete lie. We know that he's an sure avid fan of Made in Chelsea. Yeah, exactly. We know Every he loves Towie, Made in Chelsea, all reality TV. Mike Carlson is a big fan of. But yeah, he said he was watching, saw a Made in Chelsea clip on uh, social media and compared me to the character Sam, which uh, he said no offence, but I took complete offence to. Well, well, I mean, a number of really interesting points here. Firstly, <laughs> you're 100% bang on the money. Mike Carlson, I stumbled across this. Yeah. <laughs> on Twitter come on Mike you know you're a massive MIC fan uh, Sam what I mean is uh, you obviously know the show a little bit is, it, is that a, is that a diss or you know or is it maybe he was being complimentary you never know no it's definitely a diss it's definitely a diss uh, I think it's solely I don't think anyone wants to be compared to a character made in Chelsea realistically I don't think that's beneficial for anyone or good for anyone's confidence but you yeah. know what we keep it rolling. It's Mike Coulson. He has some bad takes. He has some good takes. Let's just hope this one was a bad take. Yeah, that's true. He occasionally, very rarely does have a bad take uh, away yeah. from away from football. Uh, that, until we get a Made in Chelsea cast member, are they, are they, is it a cast? I guess it is on the show. And then of course, we love them all. <laughs> yeah. I could just see you talking to the producer. Going, yeah, really. We're big yeah. fans. Nat's a big yeah. fan, huge fan. Yeah, it's a massive um, honour to be compared to Sam, actually. Did I tell you I got compared to Sam by someone? Massive honour, massive honour. <laughs> I would suggest that you dig out the Jay Cutler, Kristen Cavallari uh, reality series and find somebody on there. Random, just pick up the first person you see that isn't either of those two and say to Mike, I was watching the, uh, whatever the series is called, the Jay Cut the Cavallari series and you really remind me of insert person there. Just throw it back, throw that grenade back at him. I think that's too complimentary. I might go for like the Real Housewives of Atlanta and find someone from there. <laughs> Great. Someone with big hair. Trump star. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Let's get down to business then. It is, uh, well, four teams standing. Oh, how about that? Can't quite believe that it is almost a year since you and I and the gang were in Miami, but we mm. are... Here again, we will know in, what, 72 hours, in the time of recording this, who is going to be in Super Bowl 55. Two incredibly tough games to call for all kinds of different reasons. So let's get straight to it. Let's start with Tampa Bay versus Green Bay. Of course, it is all about two of the all-time greats going at it once again. First things first, out of interest, nothing to do with the action we're going to take, nothing to do with the edge. But I'm curious as to your opinion on the perennial discussion of greatest of all time and specifically how important rings are in that conversation. Cause I was on a show the other day and was asked this question context. Most people I think would agree that Rogers is the better all round athlete, but Brady of course is superhuman in terms of success. So where do rings factor for you? If Rogers is going to pull himself up to even close to the, goat chat does he have to land another one is it two more is it more than that what's your take on it 
See, that's such an interesting debate because I think from an English perspective, we tend to put less emphasis on uh, championships or mm. titles or whatever you call it in this country, just because I think there's less... Um, it's not as special to win trophies because they're much more freely available in this country. Like there isn't just one championship right. that you can win. You can win several. And I think if you look at someone like Steven Gerrard, who I think people would compare or people would think is one of the greatest midfielders of all time, he didn't win the Premier League, but he managed to win the Champions League, right. he managed to win the FA Cup in spectacular fashion. So I think that's the reason why over here we don't... Champions League, I accept FA Cup, as uh, much as it's, it's, a, it's a great <sighs> tradition, great history. As a West Ham fan, I would absolutely grab that with both hands West Ham winning a cup not the same but point taken Champions League yeah there is a there is an honour level arguably even even kind of higher level alternative to the league so that's a really good point but in America um, and I think this is where we have to sort of draw the comparison for the point I think it is all about championships it is all about rings I think if you I'm a big fan of basketball as well the NBA as you know and whenever I watch sort of Shaquille O'Neal talking or any of the former players all Charles Barkley, who was an incredible player for the Philadelphia 76ers and the Phoenix Suns, mm. all that ever gets brought up in the grand scheme of his career or in the context of his career is how he never won a ring. Yeah, Ewing, I, I guess, as well in the mix. Ewing, exactly. Yeah, there's several. Um, and John Stockton, that, there's several players right. that you can look back on historically who definitely have their career tarnished by the fact they never won a ring. And that definitely yep. is a major focus. And that's why I would always have to lean towards Brady just because he has beaten the fifth most NFC teams in the playoffs, mm. despite the fact that he was playing in the AFC for pretty much all of his career. So that means six of those were in Super Bowls, which is absolutely incredible. I think you just, as much as I think uh, it, it generally can be accepted that Rodgers is the best quarterback, I still think Tom Brady has to be the GOAT because mm. what in America is considered the peak and what is considered the most important and the primary objective is to win championships and to win Super Bowls. And I honestly do think, I know Devontae Adams came out earlier and said, regardless of the rings, Rodgers is the goat and I think it is it's a harsh parameter to measure people at because obviously there's so much so much other things you have to put into context like coaching obviously Brady had Belichick uh, Rogers had Mike McCarthy I don't think you can put them in the same sentence sadly so as much as I think it's an incredibly harsh way of judging them I think it is the only way just because of the way that American sports is set up Mm, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one little rumble on and on. And of course, I think this season is particularly critical because it feels like Green Bay are, when you look at the, the context of the entire season, the strongest team in the NFL. Now, the strongest team in the NFL over the course of the season doesn't always win, often actually doesn't go on and win the Super Bowl. So let's break this down. Going into this game, Tampa Bay very much trending upwards, generally going into this game as well, even though the offense didn't really turn up against the Saints. Certainly, Brady didn't need to do a huge amount in the air. It was very protective of the ball. They took care of business on the ground. I guess a lot of the reason why this line is close, and oh, you'll, you'll tee that up, but uh, it, it, is, it is closer than maybe some people thought it, it might have been a few weeks back looking forward and projecting to potential championship games, is what happened back earlier on in mm. the season, right? So let's look at that first and then relate that defeat for Green Bay, a comprehensive defeat uh, for Green Bay by Tampa Bay. How important do you think that is in the bearing of this game? Bearing in mind, we have just seen the Bucs take mm. care of the Saints and the Saints shellac the Bucs back in week nine. Forget week one, but back in week nine. So how much bearing are you putting on that? 
Absolutely none at this point in time, I have to say. I think those were two completely... I think the situation that we saw then is completely different to the one that we're going into this week. It was by far and away the Packers' worst offensive line performance. Ever since that day, they have been probably one of the best, if not the best offensive lines in football. And Rodgers really struggled under pressure that day. They The Buccaneers mm. just blitzed him nonstop and he couldn't handle it. And since that day... When Rogers has been facing the blitz, he has thrown for 15 touchdowns and only one interception. Mm. And the he Buccaneers had five been five times that day, yeah. right? And Bakhtiari's out, so it's in principle a depleted line. And the Rams couldn't get to him though. And I know Donald was banged up, but as we talked about on the show earlier this week, one quarterback hit no sacks, right? So this suggestion that the line is significantly diminished. Because of Bakhtiari principle, yes, practice probably no, right? I mean, I think that the the Rams will be it with an Aaron Donald at 50%. It's a pretty good litmus test. That degree of protection tells you everything you need to know about this, this Packers offensive line. Yeah, no, definitely. And I'm also, I think a lot of the questions that were being asked of Green Bay were very much put into spotlight against the Rams and they answered everything. All of the focus was on this secondary against Aaron Rodgers, was against this defensive front against Aaron Rodgers and he answered every question with a full with a full point, uh, full stop on it. I mean, he was absolutely brilliant the whole way through. Devontae Adams, the schemes that Matt LeFleur was writing up for them allowed Devontae Adams to get that space from Jalen Ramsey to score a touchdown to have nine catches I know he only went for 66 yards but nine catches just showed the kind of separation he was getting they managed to utilize Alan Lazard a lot more in the passing game than they have in previous weeks because all the focus was on Devontae Adams and potentially stopping Valdez Scanting getting in over the top which saw Lazard get nearly 100 yards and obviously score pretty much the game ceiling touchdown I think Green Bay have options now. Everyone's always talked about the fact that Aaron Rodgers, they didn't take a wide receiver in the draft. They took Jordan Love. I think it's been confirmed that he definitely utilized that for motivation throughout the season. And we have seen Rodgers most likely win his third MVP. And I don't see him stopping here. I don't think this Bucks defense is anywhere close to what the Rams defense was. And He's got options. Robert Tonyan has scored 11 touchdowns this year. Valdez Scrantling has got the most yards after catch or the highest average of yards after catch of any receiver in the NFL. Alan Lazard can contribute when necessary, not only in the receiving game, but also in the pass blocking game. He is very much Aaron Rodgers' safety blanket. This offense is absolutely rolling. And I think it's going to take something special for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to stop Aaron Rodgers. But at the same time, even though Vita Vea is likely he might return, which is huge for the... Mm for the grand scheme of things in terms of being able to create pressure on Rodgers. I mean, I just, I think that Green Bay are going to quite comfortably score. Oh yeah. And of course we've got to get into the weather report quickly before I get into this weather report. I can't report, believe we didn't lead be, with the weather report. I'm so report. sorry. I'm so sorry now. I'm so sorry. I'm so, I can't believe right. I've made this mistake. It's meant to be ridiculously cold and really snowy. <laughs> Which <laughs> is... Technical, both uh, technical terms. Yeah, both. Yeah, both technical times. Exactly. My uh, job as a weatherman is uh, in the pipeline. For I sure. like that idea. Actually, I think we should wheel the wheel that in on, into. Yeah, maybe the, the the other shows during the week, as you could just kind of drop in. Let's just check, check the weather. We could so we'd be talking next season, and say we're talking Bears versus Washington Football Team, and at Soldier Field in December, and we could break the game down. Mitch Trubisky for your Bears fans, still your quarterback, just to project ahead. <laughs> <into December. laughs> and we could throw it. It's Ollie with the weather. And you can give a little 10, 15 second weather report. I like that. I think is that a demotion? 
Is that no, a demotion no, for me? The closest podcast to be the weatherman. <laughs> like, think about it. You know, in, in the ESPN Galaxy, ESPN talent rocks up on different shows. It's kind of just kind of feel. Yeah, look at it like that. It's an extra spot. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, it's just an extra string to my bow. I like that. Yeah. I like yeah, that. Yeah. But yeah, it's just in even in the context of snow likely being present during this game. I think when we last saw Lambeau Field in snowy conditions, we saw Devontae Adams go absolutely off. 142 yards and three touchdowns against the Titans, mm. which is incredible and just demonstrates the fact that I don't think the snow is going to be a problem for Aaron Rodgers going into this game. And I expect them to score at least 25 points in this matchup against this Bucks defense, just because of the form they're in right now, just because of how composed Rogers looked. Yeah, he looked like it. he was literally in his garden playing yeah. last week. <laughs> it's so true. Went, yeah, effortless. And it just feels <sighs> effortless. And you know, look, both teams that we said the Bucks went with the ground game, lent on that more. And, you know, props to Fournette for, for coming back again. And with Ronald Jones, that's an interesting tandem. But then that's equaled, I think, really, when you look at, uh, the, the Packers very grand game as well. Aaron Jones is obviously the lead back there, uh, but they've got range. They've got uh, they've got committee rolling there as well. Five point eight yards per carry they averaged against the Rams, right? So and it, and if there was uh, someone described this perfectly, ha- the Packers against the Rams offensively was such a patient performance. It was just utterly composed and controlled as it has been for for most season, uh, all season long, most most of the season. It is interesting, I think what happens with Devontae Adams you mentioned the Rams game and, and Jalen Ramsey only matching up against him three times they were very clever and shrewd in the way they moved him around I don't think they necessarily have the same concern they don't have whilst the Tampa secondary is strong it doesn't have the same lights out corner in, in the way that the Rams do so it'd be interesting to see what happens there the flip side of that the deep ball looking at one of my favorite subjects uh, Tom Brady in the deep ball one of the stats that jumped out at me oh Brady averaging 9.08 air yards per attempt. That's per attempt, topping the league. So, okay, he's misfired on quite a few of them, but this suggestion that he doesn't have the deep ball, certainly you could look at this in two ways. Does he have the arm strength quite clearly, right? Are they uh, looking to use that and retain that in this new look Arians Brady offense compared to last year? Absolutely. Has he misfired during a chunk of the season on a lot of those? Absolutely as well. But that has got more and more fluent. And as a result, that is a really, really key part of this offense that Green Bay matches up well against Zaire Alexander. Mm. Uh, and, and that's actually strong in terms of defending deep balls. So even if Tampa established the run, which I, th- I think they will, I think they'll follow suit and look to get those two, Fournette and Jones, tag teaming, getting control of the clock if they can. And then not dissimilar really to how the Packers went about beating the Rams. And then when that, when the shots there, take it sucker punch. So, it, you know, I've been a big fan of, of Brady and the Bucks all season long. I'd certainly was quite a vocal defender of them when everybody was piling in early on and saying how static they looked, how dysfunctional uh, that they, they uh, seemed to be with all these stars and none of them gelling and just saying, look, patience, patience, patience that they showed me enough early season to, to, to make me think that it was going to come together and it absolutely has. So I think I've been one of the, the staunchest supporters of, of this Bucks team, feeling it could go a long way. And here they are in the championship game. Doesn't surprise me. And to your point, the defense really, really composed and strong. So a good balanced side. I just think they've, they've met their match. I think this comes down to a very good team coming up against an excellent team and certainly a quarterback who is in arguably the form of his career 
and is looking absolutely ruthless. I can't see any way past Aaron Rodgers in this game. I think I think the Packers take it. And interestingly, let's just get into the line. I think that the line is currently at Green Bay minus for three and a half on mm-hmm. Betfred and the over-under is at 51 and a half. The line has been going back and forth from three and a half to three to two and a half. I think that's what you're going to see in a game that is going to be as tightly contested as this or when you have two teams as elite as this. A lot of people, there might be some money coming in on Tampa Bay just purely based on the fact that it's Tom Brady in the playoffs right. and his right. ridiculous record in these situations. I think he's something like, I think he's got one of the best records at covering the spread as an underdog. I think it's like north of 70% of the time he covers. And I think the most interesting part about this is that line three and a half. I think you'll see a lot of people seeing value on Tampa Bay if it's at three and a half. Whereas I think if it goes down to two and a half, I think you'll see people piling in on Green Bay just because of the precarious nature of that three point line and the likelihood that this is close. I mean, Green Bay is 11 but and Just on that, just on yeah. that, on that line, t- I mean, that, as we've always said, and maybe this season, it, you've got to look at it in slightly different terms but a three-point line three uh, the home advantage three-point is essentially saying this is a pick him if this is played on a neutral yeah on a neutral ground right so at a neutral stadium so in other words if you if you played this at soldier field then this is this is a pick we can't separate between these two teams and, and i just don't buy that certainly if it goes to two and a half even even more so i just don't buy that was I do really, really buy into this Bucks team and I think if the cards have been dealt differently uh you know then it was uh, you know, any other team, I think, apart from Green Bay in this championship game, I would be leaning towards Tampa Bay. But the way Rodgers is playing, the way they were so ruthless against the Rams and particularly offensively ruthless against the Rams, irrespective of what they managed to take care of defensively. I, I Crazy to back against Brady in the playoffs right now, in my mind, even crazier to back against Rodgers in this form in the playoffs. Do you think, Nat, considering that all of the research, all of the statistics um, in the grand scheme of things lean towards Green Bay covering here. And as um, Greg Brady said on our review pod earlier in the week, he said that he expected the line to actually be bigger than this mm. due to the fact that Green Bay, I think, have been by far and away the best team in the NFC this season. Do you think there's a trap here? <sighs> yeah, no, I, I think the way you talk about the money coming in, the line switching a lot. No, no, I, I don't. I, I, I don't. I, I think a lot of people are going to be keying in on that 38-10 defeat and, yeah. and leveraging that. And maybe it is, maybe it is short-sighted. Maybe that's where the trap is to over, uh, uh, sorry, to under understate, to underreact to that. It's certainly a game we're going to get into this game on our review pod, which is probably out by the time you're listening to this. Greg Rosenthal, Phoebe Schechter joining us for that. We're going to get into that game. It's certainly a question I'll ask Greg Rosenthal. How much should we concentrate on, on that? Because it was, the, as you said, the manner in which Tampa Bay beat them. On the, If you're pro-Tampa in this game, you're saying, well, look, they, they managed to create damage and work out ways of, of, of breaking through that line and pressurizing Rodgers when no other front has had similar success and put together a complete game. That bodes well for them to have a chance of doing it again. The flip side is that the, the Packers will have learned a lot about how that was done exactly. and will negate that, right? Which is, which is standard logic, right? In, yeah. in this game, when teams work each other out, the more tape they've got, the more they've met each other and have been burnt, have been cut, then, you know, once bitten, twice shy. So 
And everything, I, everything, everything that we've seen since that game has lent towards seeing that one as an anomaly, realistically. I mean, that was Devontae Adams' first game back after injury. He certainly didn't look like he had the burst of pace that he has done or the sort of agility that he has done since the rest of the season, which has seen him basically prove himself as the number one wide receiver this year. They right. didn't have Alan Lazard, who again, I said earlier on, is Aaron Rodgers' safety blanket, both in terms of the passing game and in the pass protection game and the run blocking game. He is, he can do everything. He is their utility player. Mm. So I, I am, yeah, similarly to you, I just think that Green Bay are the better team here and I expect them to cover the spread and I expect them to put up a lot of points and it's going to take something special from Brady to counteract that. Can I just ask you a question? Who do you think has been Brady's top receiver in the postseason? I haven't looked at this. So in terms of total yardage? Yeah. Scotty Miller! <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. No, I'm joking. Um, I just, every it's not far off. It genuinely every, isn't far off. Every commentator loves Scotty Miller. Have you noticed? Like every yeah. time Miller makes any kind of play, it's Scotty Miller. Um, <laughs> love, they, all, they all love ridiculous. I mean, he's a great player, but there seems to be a lot of love for Scotty Miller. Um, I, oh gosh, well, it's obviously a trick question. I, I know that the way that the, we talked about this on the pod, didn't we, with Greg, that a lot of the big names were shut down in the last game. I think what was the stat that, that between Gronk and Evans and Godwin they average they totaled sixty yards or something. So is it, yeah. is it Cameron Brait? Is Brait? It is Cameron Brait. <laughs> Cameron Brait has been Brady's top receiver in the postseason with eight right. catches for 130 yards on 11 targets. So that's one area that mm. you could potentially see Tampa Bay exploiting Green Bay is just interesting purely their flexibility on offense and how deep they are on offense. That's the thing they do oh, just nice. have an incredible amount of targets. So that's the only thing which you could see. Which again, okay, and this is where it's coming into my next play, which is the idea that if you look at it, I know it's going to be snowy. I know the conditions are going to be tough, but you've got two quarterbacks. You told me earlier in the week that Brady's very, very comfortable playing in incredibly cold conditions from what he had to experience in Foxborough. As long as he gets so, to bed before half eight. Oh. As long as he gets to bed before <laughs> half eight, which this game fine. is earlier, so it's fine. This is the earlier oh, game. Good, so we're good, fine. So I was fine. worried. Tom Brady's I was worried. Gonna be worried about yeah, it. Tom Brady's going to be rolling. So we're absolutely fine on that front. I like the over. I like the over at 51 and a half. I just mm-hmm. think that you've got two of the best quarterbacks in the history of the game going head to head. They haven't had the opportunity to do this much and it's on a massive stage. I think the weapons they've got around them, I think they're the offensive lines that both teams have and both of them being, I mean, all the teams playing this weekend are in the top five offensive teams in the league. I think there's no doubt about that. And I think this is going to be an offensive weekend, despite what the weather conditions are saying, but just because of how special these players are on offense. Mm. I like the over two. I think uh, to flow back to 10 minutes ago, check the weather because I think there's a difference between frisky frozen tundra and <laughs> torrential snow. <laughs> but uh, on the basis that it isn't ridiculously absurd, cold yeah. weather then yeah i like i like the over two because i think they will land they will land blows there's to count brady out and i think the key thing here it's it's a point that we've made a few times i think on the show this season in terms of optics i do think this bucks offense suffers from that in in the year 2021 that the style of offense that arians runs although you have these devastating deep strikes when they land that you know that's uh, no doubt it is highlight real stuff and as you pointed out they've got this all-star cast very different to the Packers really when you look at you know name for name and stack them up you know it's Devontae Adams and essentially and Aaron Jones and essentially everybody else right whereas this Buck side is is built differently with household names everywhere you look but I think this the, I think they suffer in terms of criticism from the optics because they're not this jet sweep eight players in motion before the snap mm. 
you know, craziness because they are quite unreconstructed in that way, you know? And, and I think it's easy to underestimate them. I think that's why a lot of teams, a lot of fans rather, a lot of people did underestimate them. And quite clearly you look at where Antonio Brown, whatever you feel about him being as active player in the NFL or not on the field, he is getting stronger and stronger every week. Gronk, who haven't been out of the game for so long, is getting stronger and stronger every week and not, and not just in terms of what he's doing productivity uh, offensively, but all of his blocking assignments and stuff that made Gronk such a complete tight end, he's getting stronger and stronger. Fournette is getting better and better. So this is demonstrably an offense. This is getting better all the time. So the idea that they are going to turn up and get you know their lights knocked out by Green Bay, no, not buying that. I think, I think they keep it close. They certainly, Brady goes out swinging, but in the end, the composure and the clinical complete nature of this Packers team I can't see any way that they that they lose this well actually that's overstating it but I would be very surprised if if they lose this and three two and a half all day three yeah. even three and a half I would yeah, still go with I'm yeah taking it yeah definitely right. couple of prop bets quickly though for mm. you just um, my biggest issue going one into of the this Mark week Andrews. I, uh, yeah well this is the thing my biggest issue this week is the fact that I can't lose money on Mark Andrews like I'm just wondering <laughs> if there's any if there's any way that I can find a loophole in the system or ask Betfred if I can bet on Mark Andrews to be mentioned in a broadcast or something just so I can continue my horrific run of backing Mark Andrews uh, but what one thing do I do is like, just see if, see if I mean try and get a message to the Bucks locker room see if at half time they'll just stick some tape on camera breaks shirt it's <laughs> sort of really badly tip x style andrews on his shirts you might get away with that oh you never know yeah i mean this show has brought me a lot of clout now as you can imagine but i'm not oh, sure enough to be able to contact tampa tampa bay buccaneers and get them to break the rules i'm mm. not sure <laughs> i'm not sure it's that far to be fair yeah, but man. yeah one person i do like you just mentioned him i'm expecting playoff lenny to have a big game. Leonard Fournette. Mm. The Packers allowed the most yards and the third highest yards per target to running backs in the passing game this season. And I think Great Leonard point. Fournette has been as established as any running back in the postseason so far as that receiving target. Out of the backfield, I, absolutely. It's a really good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I expect, I expect uh, Tom Brady to exploit that as much as he can. So I'd like him to go for his over-receiving yardage. They also allowed a lot... Um, of yards to Cam Akers, generally speaking, on the ground as well. And I think that the Tampa Bay off running game is actually probably just about superior to the Rams one. So I expect Leonard Fournette to potentially have a big game overall and potentially score a touchdown in there with the balance of Ronald Jones. We'll see how they split the carries there. Devontae Adams, as I said, I think when it comes to snowy conditions, I think that Rogers likes to go to his primary target as much as possible. I don't think Adams realistically has anyone who can match up against him, potentially Carlton Davis on the other side, but I really like Devontae Adams in this game. And the yeah. other one is one area that we have seen Tampa Bay struggle all season is against fast receivers no more evidence than against the Chiefs where Tyreek Hill went for what 4,000 yards and 19 touchdowns in the first half in that game yeah and that's uh, close that's close yeah it was close to that I know you just you were just approximating that but it was close no it was about 250 yards and three touchdowns I think I think that was more so what the uh, the numbers were so I expect Marcus Valdez Scanting to have a big mm. game I Scantling I think that he realistically was kept relatively quiet last week against the Rams, but that's largely because of how strong their secondary is. And especially if all the focus is going to be on Devontae Adams, he's definitely going to get space mm. downfield. So I expect Marcus Valdez Scantling to have a big game as well. And when it comes to Marcus Valdez Scantling, the line is never too big. So all it takes is that one big play. That's why I like it. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. With you 100% on Adams, I think he goes off. 
I think he goes yeah. off. I think that's what's kind of cementing my. Uh, and just to be clear, just for the record, Bucks fans out there, I retract. And I retracted it very quickly when I said I can't see any way that the Burgers lose. Of course, yeah. of course, you've got a very serious shot, and I hope we've demonstrated why. And uh, hop on over to our preview pod as well. And uh, Greg Rosenthal will give you his uh, ten cents on that too. But yeah, Rogers and the over, I think, are our strong plays, or the Packers and the over, to be precise, are our strong plays. What about? the AFC Championship game then. Let's start with where the line is here. So this has been fascinating because obviously the line is basically moving as the reports of Mahomes' injury release. So, I mean, it's gone down to Chiefs one and a half favourites. I think at one point it was even Buffalo. It was like a pick because they thought that Chad Henney was going to be playing next week or they didn't actually have any confirmation that Mahomes was going to even be close to coming back. But now the line, as it was... Um, reported that Mahomes was a full participant in practice despite still being a concussion protocol. The line has now moved on Betfred to three and a half point favourites to Kansas City. The mm. over-under started at 55 and that has also moved down as a result of the fact that people are not 100% sure that Patrick Mahomes is playing and they're not sure how many points Chad Henney can put up despite being arguably putting on one of the greatest final moments in playoff history, what he did last week. Like, I think he should be strong contention for the next president of the United States after what he managed to do. It's a great shout. He certainly should be on the ticket, I think, in four years. I, I yeah. love what Henny did. I, I love those stories when... Had he, you know, had a, a cup of coffee and, uh, or at least a few of them, right, early in his career as a starter, but never quite made the cut and then bounced into backupsville. And you see these players, there are so many of them, right? Look at rosters and, oh God, yeah, he was starting six years ago and this guy. And, and those ones that have some kind of, some kind of run, particularly in the championship team, right? So it, you, if you're a backup like that and your team wins the Super Bowl, you can tell yourself, well, you know, I was an instrumental part of training and we'd never get here and I was helping, you know, this and that. And, you know, I was, you know, I was pointing out stuff. And then and in all seriousness, you know, it is a collaborative effort. You look at that quarterback crew, so backups do have a, a role to play in terms of the success on the field, even if they're not on the field. But there's no doubt about it that if the Chiefs go on and win the Super Bowl here, I've so made up for Henny. Henny will be looking at that ring and thinking, yeah, I earned this. I earned this ring. Definitely, definitely. I think uh, maybe there should even be a statue like there is of Nick Foles and Doug Peterson put outside the uh, <laughs> I, Arrowhead Stadium. I love that idea. And if the Chiefs do go to win it and the Chiefs fan don't get that sorted, I think we start the campaign right here on Edge Rush. I think that's a, I love that idea to get something. Maybe we could commission that guy that did the uh, statue of... Cristiano Ronaldo about five years ago. <laughs> maybe, maybe we could see if he's, I don't know if he's busy, but we could, <laughs> we could just selflessly donate a really awkwardly made statue of Chad Heddy to, <laughs> to the Kansas City Chiefs. Love that. All right. So a little bit like the NFC Championship game, you've got to at least take a look at what happened earlier in the season when the two met. And mm. we're talking about Mahomes' fitness, which is quite clearly instrumental into which way we think yeah. this game is going to go. Although I am keen to find out how instrumental in your eyes, but just move aside from Mahomes for a minute. The other player that I think not enough people are necessarily talking about, maybe because it's looking less rather than more likely that he'll play, but Clyde Edwards Hilaire has been out mm. of course for a while in that game, 161 yards, 6.2 yards per carry. And if you deep dive a little bit more into their game plan, and we're seeing a bit of a trend here in terms of how Kansas City beat Buffalo. Trend in terms of comparison to the, the first two teams we've been talking about and how they've got here. Buffalo thought in that game, we are going to 
take out the deep threat. We're gonna. That's the first thing we're gonna do. We're gonna make sure they don't land any strikes, any Mahomes to Hill, eighty-one yarders, uh, at knockout blows that they uh, want to do. Which means they played soft zone. They were playing two deep safeties, right? And that is a dangerous game to play against Kansas City because, as I Mike told us on our show very recently, when you look at the the Belichick game plan of taking out. Patrick Mahomes, you take out Kelsey and those those routes across the middle and those sweeping routes across the middle. That is one way. Kind of, if, if you take out the middle lanes, it can get difficult. One of the ways, right? So if you're playing the way Buffalo did against them, that's a risk. But it also, of course, opens up the run. It's saying, come on, take us on the ground. The, the perception being... Kansas City didn't have a strong enough ground game to necessarily do that. And then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire went off. So I think... Injury of Mahomes is quite obviously the most important part of this game, but a close second is Edwards Hilaire. You know, I think it's a close third. Hmm? Do you know, I think it's a close third, Sammy Watkins. Right, right. I think Sammy Watkins is a key component to this Chiefs offense to take them to that next level. Obviously, yep. without him, they're still an elite offense and one of the best offenses in the league. But I think when they add Sammy Watkins into the mix, I think that's what takes them to an outer stratosphere. Like, I think they're just sensational because of if you do try and take what they're likely to do, the Bills, is use their linebackers in Milano and Poirier to take mm. away the Kelsey. Yeah. I think Tredavious White's obviously going to be on Tyreek Hill, which looks like a good matchup in places for the Bills because of how great Tredavious White is as a cornerback. But at the same time, I don't think he's quick enough to stay with Tyreek Hill. So I think they're going to have to put more attention on him from the cornerbacks. And that's just going to open up the slots for Sammy Watkins to have a big game. And I think especially mm. what they like to do, even if Mahomes is 75% or 50% or whatever he is when he does play or if he does play, they are going to want to protect him as much as they can, which is going to lead to sort of more quick throws down the middle, more slant throws, shorter gains. And I think that's where Sammy Watkins will come into his own and actually mm. play a pivotal role in this game. And of course, we love a return game. We love it. He's got a reason to come against the Bills. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be entertaining. So that's another one. The injury report list for the Kansas City Chiefs is obviously Just, one of the oh, primary focuses here. On that, I want to get the, the latest on the status from you. Um, we're recording this for the record Thursday afternoon. You mentioned Matt Milano. I know you love a stat. Oh, in fact, yeah. I mean, more than that, you are professorial when it comes to stats, as we've yeah. established all season long, straight after record, pretty much straight through, other than obviously getting some kind of sleep, eating... <laughs> Uh, a bit of rest, occasionally going out for some fresh air. All Ollie is doing is working through stats 24-7, just data, data everywhere. So here's one I'm going to chuck on the the prop-o pile here. Mention Matt Milano, and in all seriousness, I think he was missing in the first game, right? Crucial uh, crucial return for him uh, for the reasons you eruditely outlined. But the Bills are 12-0 and when Matt Milano plays. 12 and 0 when Matt Milano plays, right? So just, you know, take that, take that stat. Just and also when we're looking at, we'll take that stat, also when we're looking at the game they played earlier in the season, the Bills were banged up left, right and centre. Yep. So I think that's one in the same way that I don't think you can take too much into consideration from the prior matchup between the Bucks and the Packers. I don't think you can look at the game we saw between the Bills and the Chiefs and take too much going into this one either, realistically, um, injury reports the, then so yeah so what so Mahomes we think is going to play right I'd be amazed if Mahomes didn't play yeah I'd be amazed if Mahomes didn't play so Sammy Watkins is with limited practice on Wednesday mm-hmm. the report for Thursday hasn't come out yet mm-hmm. so again could be game time decisions similar to Edwards Hilaire limited practice I like the chances of both of them playing just because it is the playoffs and I think yeah. both of them will be like incredibly keen to get out on the field but the other two I think the Kansas City Chiefs injury report actually this week is probably one of the most 
interesting and important aspects of this game. Mm. The other two players who had limited practice on Wednesday are Rashad Fenton and Bashard Breland, mm. the two cornerbacks. They are going against one of the best passing teams in the league, full stop. Breland, and they might not have two of their top cornerbacks. Uh, who's been in brilliant form this season. Not yeah. a coincidence that we chatted to him at opening night in Miami. this was coming. <laughs> just, I'm just saying that nobody was really that interested in talking to Bashar Breeland. We spent a long time with him and his career has just gone like this ever since Ever since this show spoke to him. That, I'm just throwing that out there as well. Great point though. I mean, undoubtedly, and in particular, I guess, because the, the, the weak link that everybody has indelibly inked on their brain now whenever you think about the Kansas City defense they can't stop the run but it's not a strong suit of the Bills self-evidently right now that could be the, exactly the kind of matchup that people are downplaying that that blows up and not obviously because of Josh Allen's ability in that respect but I think that is important but it wouldn't you know would it be the craziest thing if everybody says I don't really think the Bills are going to get any ground game going and in the game earlier this season they certainly didn't 3.7 yards uh, per carry in that game if Singletary went off and had you know 140 yards and averaged 5.8 a carry it, you, stranger things have happened so it, I guess what I'm trying to say is you can look at those matches and uh, matchups and think well this is a weak link for the Chiefs but the Bills can't really exploit it I think that is patronizing to the Bills ground game it's not great but it doesn't mean that on any given day, players of Singletary's calibre and a line of the Bills' calibre can't make that work. And I wonder whether Dayball looks at that and thinks, you know what, let's sucker punch them a bit. Let's lead with the ground game. Let's let's establish that. Let's get some motion, momentum going and motion going there because it's what people will least expect them to do, I guess. Where the report time, Nat, yep. where the report is Tell meant me. to be ridiculously windy and rainy. <laughs> Another technical is, report. Appreciate that. Um, <laughs> they get more and more, get oh. more and more technical every time. I'm not going to go into degrees Celsius, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go into that. I'm just going to tell you that it's probably going to be rainy and windy. Well, rainy and windy. That, yeah, yeah rainy and windy, which doesn't um, facilitate either of the strong points of these two teams in the passing game. But mm. what it does do is both teams are notoriously not very good against the run. It's been their weakness all season. Chiefs ranked 28th in run defense efficiency. And as you said there, I don't think we can rule out the idea that the Bills run game gets going, but I don't see it. If it does get going, going with Devin Singletree, I see, I see it going with Josh Allen. I think people underestimate how good Josh Allen is with his legs. Mm. He has 420 rushing yards on 102 carries with eight touchdowns, averaging 26.3 yards per game. And mm. I expect them to, for him to utilize his legs a lot in this game, especially if, as we know, Spagnolo mm. likes to take away the biggest threat on offense, which will be the deep pass to Diggs. He will try his best to take away Stephon Diggs. And if they're going with those four wide receiver sets, Josh Allen will have space to move the ball and run with the ball. And I expect him to have success there. And I think that could be a critical part of this game, especially if it is as windy and rainy as they are expecting it to be. Mm, love that. Love that analysis. And yeah, of course, Spags, as we well know from our friend OC and uh, the success that uh, they had with the New York Giants, that was their MO, of course, uh, taking down uh, out Belichick, Belichick, didn't he? Uh, on, on more than one occasion. Right. Which way are you leading? So I think obviously... And as a, I think if we take into consideration that Mahomes is going to play, I think we're all expecting him to play. I think if Edwards Hilaire plays, although let's not write off Darrell Williams, he made some big plays at important times against the Browns. So yeah, I don't think true. if Clyde Edwards Hilaire doesn't play, it's the end, necessarily the end of the world. But I am leaning towards the Kansas City Chiefs here. 
I know the defending Super Bowl champs have failed to cover the spread in nine straight games. That is outrageous. But they have won 11 of their past 12. And the one which they lost was against the Chargers with Chad Henney. So I don't know sure if you can count that. But mm. the last time the Chiefs won by more than six points came on November the 1st against the Jets. Mm. So despite that, I think, as I've told you sort of throughout the season, People are saying that this Chiefs hasn't necessarily, as you have always said as well, that because the Chiefs aren't blowing teams out and throwing ridiculous passes and making ridiculous plays the whole time that it means that they're not as good as they were last year. I think the thing about this Kansas City Chiefs team is they just do what they have to win. And that's what they have done all year. That's why they're not necessarily covering spreads. But I've never really felt when I've watched Kansas City that they've ever really been in that much trouble apart from the game they lost to the Raiders. With that in mind, when they played the Bucs, they only won by three points, but that game was never in question. Right. The Dolphins, they only won by, what was it, um, six points or five points. And that was just because of a backdoor cover the Dolphins had in the last minute. Yeah. I think this Chiefs team, when they have Mahomes under centre, know exactly what they need to do to win the game. And I think they have the cap- capacity to here. I think the Buffalo Bills are just going to struggle on defence. I think everyone's high on them. You know what I always say, buy low, sell high now. And everyone is so high on this Bills defence. Mm. But that was some pretty special circumstances what we saw last week with what the Ravens did. And if they didn't throw that pick six, which I think was quite a poor pass, but it was a great play by the Bills defense, then it could have been a much closer game. And also, I just think that it's going to be all on Josh Allen here to put Mm -hmm. up a lot of points. I don't think we've seen the best of Josh Allen. I think we've seen a watered down Josh Allen in the past two weeks. He has looked a little bit like a rabbit caught in headlights and we're going to need to see much improvement from him if he's going to go toe-to-toe with this Kansas City team. For this Bills defense to keep Kansas City under 30 points with where the um, in mind, like if it is biblical, then obviously that's slightly different. But for the Buffalo Bills to effectively score more points as Kansas City team and to score even within four points of this Kansas City team, I think it's going to be very, very tough just because of how many options this Chiefs team have going forward and just because they've got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes who are just an incredible combination and I just don't like betting against them. Yeah, I, I perfect summation uh, and, I, and I can't top it. S- suffice to say, I'm, I'm with you on that as well. When it comes to the crunch and obviously on the assumption that Mahomes doesn't just start but but looks right. I mean, we haven't mentioned the, the turf toe which has been downplayed a lot this week but that is a that can mm. be a really, really tricky injury, right? And uh, that it, no one seems too worried about it, so maybe maybe it is nothing. And uh, but again, maybe that is being deliberately downplayed. But let's assume that Mahomes is close to full pelt. Yeah, it's that clutch time we've seen already in his brief but brilliant career, time and time again. And this is this is the kind of game that Mahomes revels in. And not to say Josh Allen can't. We don't know yet. This is the biggest game of, of his career, right? And everything he has shown us this season demonstrates that he has changed demonstrably as a, as a player in terms of what he can achieve and deliver on the field, but also mentally uh, as, as a quarterback, he seems to be leading this team. And I don't think he's ever been a particularly phasable kind of player. Like he came into the NFL as a rookie and he might've been raw and gangly and, uh, and, and very, uh, very hit and miss, but he's always had that, that we always talk about that moxie, right? He doesn't seem, uh, he's he's a fearless kind of player. So I don't think he's going to necessarily bottle it in that respect. And there are other quarterbacks that I think you think, mm, okay, in the, the a game like this, the scale of, uh, of and pressure, particularly if it's tight, the, the, they could bend, right? And, you know, Baker Mayfield, credit to him because I, I felt for a long time he was that kind of player and he's shut the haters like me up on, on that front. I don't think Allen is going to be phased by it, but I do think that Mahomes, just like Rodgers, has the edge. I think he has the edge. And and I'm saying Rogers has the edge over Brady 
this season with the offense that he has and for that matter, the defense he has around him in that game, not that he has the edge over Brady every time. And, and the same thing here, I think that Mahomes has uh, and this Chiefs offense has more about it. Uh, again, on the basis that the majority are fit and your great point you make about Sammy Watkins, Edwards Hilaire, sure. I think they'll still get something going there, but they'll be in much better shape if he is playing. I, I, I have to go with Mahomes and the Chiefs as well. But where are you on the over on this all? I um, uh, This is where I spoke to you quickly before the, uh, we came on air. And um, I basically said that I feel like I'm falling into a massive trap because in both situations, I'm taking the favourite with the points and the mm-hmm. over, which I think is obviously the more, is the obvious play in a scenario. But I genuinely can't see this game being low scoring. Again, with weather considered, these are the top two ranked offences in the regular season by ESPN. They combine a total of nearly 13,000 yards of offence, averaging 29 plus points mm-hmm. per game. They are elite and I think they have the capability to take advantage of the weaknesses in the opposition defences. I think one prop bet that I'll be looking forward, uh, looking to play would be Cole Beasley over yardage and uh, potentially to score a touchdown just purely based off the matchup. Like I think where the Chiefs are weak on the defensive side of the ball is in the slot. Mm-hmm. and last week Cole Beasley didn't have a big game people blaming on the injury but I think that was just because he was going, coming up against one of the best slot, slot cornerbacks in the game in Marlon Humphrey yeah. and I don't think that Chiefs especially looking like they might be a little bit banged up even compare to what the Baltimore have in their secondary with Marlon Humphrey so right, I expect I Cole Beasley to exploit them in the middle they call him what I think what do they call it uh, Bills fans call it third and Beasley on third yes. downs you just go straight to Cole Beasley every time and he seems to always get just enough yards like how smart that guy is is absolutely incredible and I expect him to have success I think Stefan Diggs is going to have a big game he's had a big he's had big games all year every time you think Stefan Diggs might slow down he doesn't mm-hmm. I think Josh Allen's going to run very very well um, and expect him to have a big game but at the same time on the other side of the ball it's Pat Mahomes and this Chiefs offense just has so many options. Yeah. They've got Andy Reid calling the plays. Like I just don't see mm. despite the only thing is, is if it's too windy to throw the ball, then obviously that changes the game or if the Chiefs just rely on the run completely and just exploit that and it means that the clock runs down. Those are the only possible situations where I see this not going over 53 and a half. But I, mean, I still think they have the edge. I, I think I think if that if it is adverse conditions, I think the Chiefs have the edge there as well. Yeah, same, same. I do see, but it's just the over under becomes a little bit of question there. Just oh, that's the only sure. thing yeah, that, yeah, 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 that's the only thing that. I, but uh, but bet Fred team points totals. Mm. Kansas City at twenty six and a half. I love that. Yeah, right. If it's under twenty seven, I like that yeah. a lot. And even Buffalo twenty five and a half. Like I quite like that as well. Both worth, both <laughs> worth yeah. a look. Yeah, both yeah. worth a look. Definitely. Like I, I just think that everything. These are two of the best offenses in football. Mm. I'm expecting both games actually. Interestingly, to to be high scoring and mm. to see they're four of the best quarterbacks in the game. And I expect us to, and the best thing, the most exciting thing about this Bills Chiefs game and the offenses is they, I think they're the two best, okay, maybe top three, top five quarterbacks when the play breaks down. Yes. So you see everything collapse. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are those two quarterbacks who you can see making plays. Who else no else you Rogers, you got to have Rogers, I was about to say Rogers, yeah. Sean Watson uh, yeah. and Russell Wilson. Yeah, exactly. Those, you nailed it. Those are the top five. Yeah. yeah so yeah. seeing those two, and Josh Allen's been one of the best at this season, mm. seeing that makes for a really, really compelling and exciting game. And I yeah. really hope Josh Allen turns up for this game. We can't have... There's no way he can do what he did against the Ravens or the Colts and then win this game, I don't think. Well, actually, right. no, against the Colts, he played very well, but I think he's going to have to go north of 300 I know what you yards. mean. You, yeah, if he's, yeah. if he's not on top form, yeah. it is 
it, nah, no, I'll use it. it. I can't see a way that the Chiefs don't win <laughs> if Allen is yeah. on top form. What uh, about you for the over-under? I think you've nailed that as well. I, I am very much with you. Uh, now we've talked it through. And as l- listeners will know that you and I knock stuff backs and forwards uh, all week long, often change our minds, often during the show, actually. Uh, that's <laughs> more but we kind of get to the right place in the end. And, and let's face it, we've had a good good run this season, right? We've uh, We've made some mistakes, but landed a lot as well. And I think some weeks we've had more conviction than others with that. And this week, I have to say, I feel strong about uh, about the the picks in terms of the teams with the points as well. And I like the over on both. And the only obvious asterisk is to uh, add to that. I think we've covered pretty clearly Mahomes, self-evidently, and weather. If, if it's getting ridiculous, that's, you might want to wait for an in-game play with, with the weather, even an in-game play within reason with Mahomes. The, the danger there, of course, is if he's fine and they strike uh, uh, easily, then uh, you know there, there won't be much there won't be much juice remaining. But yeah, I the like- only caution with that I'd have to say was well, I was actually watching the lines um, because let's be honest, the majority of casual bettors are betting on Sunday now. Let's be honest. I think it's the people who tend to take it a little bit more seriously or back themselves a little bit more will be looking at the lines earlier in the week and kind of judging from that point. And I noticed last week that the Tampa Bay New Orleans Saints over under shot up went from yes. 51 and a half to like 53 and a half just before yeah. the game yeah, there's going to yeah, be a yeah. lot of people sitting down to yeah, both yeah. those games being I'm watch. watching it's in the playoffs, with quarterbacks right? yeah, yeah playoffs with and with these quarterbacks one game to concentrate on I want an over this lean towards the over yeah no doubt about that so, so I'd be tempted to go a little bit earlier if you can get in early. Right. a little bit earlier I like that okay we don't have an acker of course because we've only got two games but we do have a double for you this week so changing things up a bit so the edge rush championship double of the week and we're talking here forget the points take the teams straight up starting with the green bay packers over the tampa bay buccaneers aaron Rodgers mvp not in any kind of doubt and while we're big on the bucks on this show and yeah i think it would be a crazy maneuver to back against tom brady in a situation like this they're clinical, the Green Bay Packers. I'm not buying into what happened earlier in the season. The only team to beat them heavily being the Bucks. So we're taking Green Bay straight up there. And the second part of our money line double up? Uh, we are taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win by 25 points. <laughs> oh no sorry the Buffalo Bills win by 25 points <laughs> that would make absolutely zero sense if we then took the, uh, uh, the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers no of course we are going to go with Kansas City Chiefs understanding that Patrick Mahomes is going to play hopefully this injury report keep an eye on it there's some key names on it but considering it's the playoffs considering it's the conference championship game I expect them to do what they can to get their key players on the field and when they are the Chiefs are simply too good they're 23 and 1 in the last 24 games that Mahomes has started, that is absolutely sensational. And yes, they haven't been blowing teams out this year, not, not by any stretch of the imagination, but at the same time, they never look like they're going to lose games. They mm. always come out, come out trumps. When they need a big play on defense, they get it from Tyron Matthew. When they need a big play on offense, just name any of their offensive players and they'll probably bring you a big play. So I am going with the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game as well, to complete our double. In Andy Reid, we trust, I think is what we're saying there. Love your work, Carl. Well, best of luck. Quickly, quickly. So just before we wrap up, I want to get an early one on you. Just because we don't have as many games this week. Um, right. Just looking at Betfred's odds for the Super Bowl winner. Mm. Packers, two to one. Yep. Chiefs, two to one. Mm-hmm. Bills, 10 to three. Bucks, four to one. Mm. Fair. Who would you... So obviously, Packers and Chiefs, favourites to get to the Super Bowl, as we've just discussed, and we believe is going to be the case. But they are... 
effectively a pick 'em, which means that's likely what's going to be to happen if they do get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So obviously, considering that you're both you're backing the Packers and the Chiefs in these games, who do you like? Packers. Packers. Really? Yeah. They are root. They're play ruthless, ruthless, clinical, formidable. But I just can't. I can't. I couldn't rationalize backing against Aaron Rodgers the way he's playing. He's just. Yeah. It's been one of the great quarterback seasons we're seeing here. You know, be under no illusion about that. And I think he's gonna he's gonna ice it with with a Super Bowl ring. I think I think it is brilliance from Rogers, and it isn't just him. And we emphasize quarterbacks so much, but it is the most influential position in sport. And he is looking unbeatable right now. So I'm I'm going Packers. How about you? I'm just going to wait for the over total to come out when it's Packers Chiefs and just <laughs> bet just over 65. Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, no, just take, take the line, stretch it massively and just bet I'm glad you mentioned the Super Bowl, although, because of course we are rolling all the way through uh, the build-up to the Super Bowl. We got content rolling out uh, all through that fortnight, uh, of course, on our pod channels, on our social channels as well. Lots of special guests coming up. We're planning to have, I think, what, four or five episodes dropping Super Bowl week and lots of extra video content as well. So at the NC Show is our social uh, handle on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you haven't already, give us a follow there. A lot of your favorites and friends uh, coming back on the show. So uh, keep your eyes peeled. Look forward to getting into that. And of course, very soon we'll know who those two teams are going to be that we're going to be keying in on so clearly. There'll be an edge rush Super Bowl special. Of course there will. You better get ready and dust down some of your stats. They're probably in that, you know, they're like sort of 50, 16th box of stats on the left there um, marked uh, crazy prop bets. Dig dig that out because we're going to be looking at things like color of the Gatorade, coin toss, uh, length of national anthem, all the, all the good the only way um, you can do the coin toss, I'm going to queue up what we're going to do next week. The only way you can do a coin toss is by doing a coin toss, surely. What do you mean? We have to do a coin toss to decide what coin we're going to do. Coin decide it, love that. Yeah. Done deal, <laughs> yeah. done deal. Yeah. And I'll give you, like, that's a great shout. I'll try and get hold of some Gatorade and I'll do like a blind test. You can't, you you have to blindfold yourself and I'll pour some out in the cup and you you say one, two or three and we'll decide what color the Gatorade is. <laughs> okay, Maybe we just pick the whole Super Bowl on that basis. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's not a bad shout. If it's Packers Chiefs, then yeah, likely could do. So, oh, no edge rush next week, but you're back uh, with me for the NC show. And we're going to do an end of season special, uh, which is going to be our season awards, our alternative awards. So keep your eyes peeled on social media because we might be asking for requests and uh, lots of different ideas we've got bubbling around for that. So make sure you... And also you'll get to see Nana Tux. And you'll get to see that. You'll get to see me and I will dust out, dust off the tux just for that show. I love that. I think I might actually. That's a great shout. Let's do that. All right. uh, Good luck this weekend. Enjoy the action most of all. Uh, but best of luck if you are taking some action on the action. See you next time. Bye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.